Hello, I'm Brittany Campbell-Turner, and this is The Constructor Podcast, session number 16. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Constructor. I'm Brittany Campbell-Turner, and this podcast is dedicated to helping property owners have certainty in their decisions about their construction projects. I want to help property owners foster trusting relationships with your project teams, help you understand how to lower risk, be under budget and on schedule in your construction projects, and exceed your end user's desires. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to thank you for listening to Constructor, the best way to build it. Thank you to those who have subscribed already on iTunes. You can find the podcast also at constructor.com. That's C-O-N-S-T-R-U-C-T-R-R.com. And subscribe to get email updates directly from your inbox. Uh, Today's interview is with Peter Skirmerhorn. Peter Skirmerhorn is Triax's Chief Operating Officer. Prior to joining Triax, Pete was a corporate lawyer specializing in private equity, venture capital, and mergers and acquisitions. Pete holds a Bachelor's of Arts from Brown University and a JD from Stanford Law School. We have an awesome interview discussing where the industry is going and how productivity and efficiency are increasingly more and more important in the construction management industry. Without further ado, here is my interview with Pete Skirmerhorn. Thanks, Pete, for joining me uh, in this interview. Um, welcome. Welcome to Constructor. Thank you very much. Uh, nice, to, uh, nice to be speaking with you. Yeah, same here. Um, so just to get a, a better sense about you, you're the COO of Triax, is that correct? Triax Technologies? <laughs> Yeah, that that that's correct. So I'm I'm responsible for uh, a lot of the operational side of the business. Awesome. So, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, what's your background? How did you get involved with Triax? Um, tell me a little bit more about you. Sure. So um, I'm I'm a lawyer by by training and by background. Um, spent a, a number of years in the private equity and, and venture capital space. Um, practicing, and um, I've, I've known Chad and, and Dale Hollingsworth, the two founders, for for quite some time, and had followed the company for a long time. And uh, it was just great timing; they needed someone to uh, to come in and take over over the COO role. And uh, and I, I loved the product and loved what they were doing, and, and and jumped on board about a year and a half ago. That's awesome. What uh, what gra- you know helps you gravitate towards the product? What what about the product did you like? Well, I think their approach, their, their fundamental approach of of bringing safety through the use of of wearable technology to to different industries and to different areas, um, was really attractive. I I grew up playing contact sports, playing playing hockey and, and some lacrosse and doing a lot of skiing, and so the the first product that the company came out with, the the head impact monitors. Um, it really spoke to me in, in terms of being able to, to to keep kids safer doing those activities that that I grew up uh, loving to do. So no, that's that's actually pretty awesome. So did you grow up nearby Chad at all? Did you guys happen to play sports together, or how how far back does the history go? 
So we, we've known each other for about 10 years, and um, I, I grew up out in Colorado. Chad grew up in Connecticut, and uh, we met through a mutual friend um, skiing, actually, and, uh, and and got to know each other over the course of a, a bunch of ski trips. Awesome. Um, so did you yourself, did you um, get any injuries while you played contact sports or – did you experience anything where you felt like this particular wearable tech would have been beneficial to you if you had used it? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I had an undiagnosed concussion um, playing hockey growing up. Um, I, I, I think just, you know, back back in the 80s, 90s, playing these sports, there wasn't the same level of awareness uh, amongst the coaches and, 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 uh, and, and the parents. And so I, I, I definitely think I, I had a concussion while I was playing, and and I think that something like the technology that that Trax has developed and and deployed would have made it a lot clearer what had actually happened, and you know perhaps allowed uh, better treatment at the time. No, yeah, that's that's actually really interesting that you say that. I know for sure uh, that my brother he's he's definitely had a few concussions and. You know, it's one of those things that we we just didn't pay attention to or recognize uh, back in the day. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things that, you know, there's definitely a lot more attention um, on that subject just in general. Um, so, so that's really great. Um, tell me a little bit about um, who the who the market was, you know, for for the wearable tech specifically for contact sports was was it just um kids was it uh college athletes you know who, who was the market for this sure so the the goal long term with, with this type of technology is to to have athletes across the spectrum using it from uh small kids just learning to to professional athletes who, who make their living off of the sport um what, what we found was the the um, younger, younger athletes, um, up through probably high school were, were more open to, to adopting and using this technology. And, and, and part of that is it's, it's amateur sport. You've got the parents involved who, who are really actively interested in this. Um, and then we also, um, have a, a fair number of research universities and institutions uh, upwards of 40 at this point in time using the product in, in a research capacity, um, that they love the data that comes off of the device and it, and it's helping them to define standards and thresholds, um, that, that can be deployed across sports. Um, uh, if you're familiar with in little league baseball, there's a pitch count. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a pitcher of different, uh, different age level can only throw the ball a certain number of times in the game before they have to, uh, before they have to sit that, um, the the, the 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 way the science is going is um, is similar in in that there'll be something akin to a, a head count I'm sorry a hit count um, where a, a kid of a certain age and perhaps a certain weight should only take this number of subconcussive hits below this g-force threshold over the course of a week of course of a season etc so so we've had a lot of interest in the product from research institutions trying to further that science. No, that's that's actually really interesting, um, especially as it as it relates to your your newer product, the Spot R. Um, 
I'm, I'm really interested in the, the research um, around how you've developed that particular product and um, is there that much interest um, from the research side in particular to construction? Yeah, so, and maybe it, it it makes sense to take a minute to sort of talk about the the overlapping technology between the two products. Certainly, yes. Um, so the the big the big innovation that that Triax made in in the sports world was the um, two things really the accuracy of of the sensor, so the the accuracy of the data that was coming in, and then the communication protocol between the the sensors that were worn on the athlete's head and and the uh, coach on the sideline. Okay. Uh, mo- most of the of our competitors in the sports market rely on Bluetooth uh, or Wi-Fi or, or other more off-the-shelf type of uh, type of technologies to communicate, and those have some severe limitations in terms of the number of athletes that can connect at one time, range, and battery life. Um, so what we did was build our own communication protocol off of the 900 megahertz frequency that allows up to 100 kids at a time um, on a sports field bigger than a football field to, to all be monitored in, in less than a second in real time with, with good battery life. And, and that's the technology that we've really brought forward into, into the construction world, and, and we can get into that in, in more detail. Um, but but from, from the research side, there, there is active interest in reconstruction of injuries on a work site and using these sensors to really figure out what's happening to the human body when someone falls off a ladder, when someone slips, when someone trips. And, and we're working closely with, with some lab groups um, across the country to, to, to really further that, that science and that research. Okay. So have you guys had the opportunity to, to work with any uh, any construction crews uh, just to, to test the um, the spotter? I mean, I, I know that obviously there's lots of research, but just curious as to, you know, where, was there a prototype being used um, to just kind of monitor a lot of a lot of what you know the features are monitoring at this point? Yeah. So we um, we've had a, a really good working relationship with Turner Construction. Yeah. Um, for, 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 uh, for probably a year now. And we, we put a very early prototype on, on one of their sites. Um, I believe it was March of 2016 and, and we've been running successful beta tests with them since then. Um, we've, we've also worked with, with a, a number of regional Connecticut firms, um, AP construction and some others to, to, to test the product on their sites um, we've, we've now actually flipped over and, and started commercially selling the product uh, as of about a month ago. And uh, a lot of those early beta test clients are, are now looking to, to put this on jobs and, and become paying customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So obviously safety is, is huge at construction, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's one of the markets that it, it appears that you guys are hoping to to um, continue to to service um, with the spotter, but um, just curious as to what are other industries? I know we talked a little bit about sports, uh, but curious as to whether what are other industries you're you're looking to to tap into? Sure. So the the the, the spotter system uh, it, it really does, as you said, 
tackles safety and, and it tackles productivity and, and efficiency. Um, so it, by allowing you to have interior geolocation, so the location of workers within a building where, where GPS won't work, um, there's some really unique abilities to know what workers you have on, on a job site, where they are, um, and how much time they've, they've spent in those areas. And that's, that's both real-time and, and historical. So you can imagine that type of efficiency data is, is very interesting to not only construction firms, but uh, warehouse and distribution centers, heavy industry, mining, oil and gas. Um, and we've also had some active interest from the healthcare space in terms of tracking um, tracking human human assets within the hospital environment, but but also looking at, at, at the use of this type of technology in things like nursing homes and and for for visiting nurses, um, and that 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 really ties in both to the productivity side, but but then the safety side, um, and it, it may be worth me just running through some of those features right now, if that makes sense to you. Um, yeah, sure, go ahead. That's that's certainly fine. Um, so, so on the on the safety side, we, we like to think of it as really there being some reactive and, and proactive safety devices or safety features. So, uh, on the reactive side, there's an automatic slip, trip, and fall notification that's triggered anytime someone has one of those incidents occur to them. So, if if someone were to fall off a ladder, say, the safety supervisor and the foreman on the site immediately get a notification with that person's name, the location on the site. And, and the fact that, that they had this type of incident, um, we, we can tell how high they fell and, and how hard they fell, um, that, which gives important information um, both to, 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 the, um, to the contractor, but you know, also for the, for the worker themselves. Um, it, it also makes sure that someone knows an incident has occurred, particularly if it's on a remote part of a job site, and that someone gets to that individual quickly. Um, on, on the more proactive side, we have um, a alert button on the device that allows the, the worker, if they're injured in a way that wouldn't trigger that slip, trip, and fall notification, to send an alert, same, same type of alert, to their safety supervisor, letting them know that, that they need assistance immediately. And the same thing gives the worker's name and, and where they are on site and the fact that, that something has happened to them. If it's not an emergency situation, but there's an unsafe work condition or something that needs to be addressed, the worker can push the button multiple times, and and that again goes to the safety supervisor and their foreman, and and lets them know that there's something on that site. It it gives the geolocation of that 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 needs to be addressed. Um, that worker then obviously gets credit for having reported the safety incident because it, it gets logged on our system. Mm. Um, and then the final thing I'll say about that is. Um, because we, we know where workers are on site, if there is something like a building collapse, you know who you have on site and you know where they are. Um, there's, there's an auditory signal in the device, similar to a smoke detector alarm that you can set off to, to help with recovery of, of workers. Um, and then if there's something like a fire or other emergency on the site, uh, using the dashboard, you can set off that alarm on everyone's sensor at the same time which means uh, evacuate and go to your muster point. Yeah, those those are great. De those, first of all, <laughs> that it does quite a bit of things. Um, actually, very impressed by what what it's capable of doing. But you know, and then also just because of you know the amount 
that I've, I've looked at about the sports features, I'm actually really um, glad you've definitely added some of the, the capabilities on the Spotter. It, it seems like it's definitely quite a bit enhanced from, from the previous product, especially with the alarm and, um, you know, just the productivity yeah, level. Like, I, I think it's really great. Yeah, and it's you know it's 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 similar technology, and again, it's that that wireless communication protocol that was developed here at Trax that lets us that lets us communicate with a very large number of of sensors over a large area. You know, we can we can cover a, a full construction site, um, and with really low battery draw, that that's really important. Um, the device itself gets a year of battery life. There's no on-off switch. There's no charging. Uh, so all the worker has to do is clip it to their to their belt and wear it. Um, there, there's no active maintenance of the system. And and when you when you think about wearable technology more generally, uh, people only use these this type of technology in these systems if they're easy to use and and they're not a hassle. Um, so you, you think about something like a Fitbit. A lot of people get it and they wear it, you know, for a month or two, and and then after a while it gets to be a hassle to charge it periodically and it gets put in a drawer and it collects dust and, and it doesn't get used anymore. So one of the guiding principles we had, and, and this is based off of what we learned in sports, was as we built the spotter system, how do we make it as absolutely user-friendly and low maintenance as possible? And and that's that's where the, the year of battery life comes from and, and the fact that, that the worker really doesn't need to, to actively think about the fact that they've got it on or maintain it. They just have, they they always have it and it's always ready for them to use. It's just part of their their PPE that they put on. They put their steel toe. They put their sun their safety glasses and they go ahead and put their spotter on their belt and that's just part of it, huh? It, exactly, and that's and and that's 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 the way our, our current customers have been have been uh, explaining it to the workers and and that's really what we found on site is the the, the guys love all the safety features that are inherent in the device and and because it doesn't take anything more out of their day or any real active training other than some basics of if, if the alarm goes off go to your muster point if you're hurt push and hold the button if you see an unsafe condition hit it three times beyond that it it, it doesn't really impact their day so you mentioned that they they really like the product. Now, which which I, I guess I'm curious as to which uh, tier really loves the product. Has there been any pushback from the day-to-day laborer saying I don't want somebody tracking um, when I walk off site and when I walk back onto you know like is has there been anything like that? If I left my tools over there and I have to go over there, why does somebody have to know which location I'm in? Has there been anything like that? Sure. So, in, in terms of who who really values from this, what's nice about the system is is there's real value all the way up and down the chain. So you you start with the worker, and and the worker, the, all those safety features I just mentioned, um, they're, they're really they're not on loan on the site anymore. No matter no matter what part of the site they're on, if something happens to them, they push that button. It doesn't matter if it's their first day on the job or they've been there for a hundred days. They don't need to have the safety supervisor's cell phone. They don't. They, they, there's help available available to them right away. Um, the workers also like the fact that they get credit 
for being an active part of the safety culture. Um, almost every single construction firm that, that I've ever interacted with has value statements ab- about a safety culture and, and making sure that everyone buys into that. This really gives them a tool to, to effectively change the safety culture and to enhance it and, and to get credit for it when, when they do the right thing. Cause again, everything gets logged on, on the system. Um, you, you go up a level to, to the subcontractor and, and the subcontractor loves, loves having the data on, on what their workers are doing and, and, uh, and where they are. And, and that helps them with estimating. It helps them with future job bids. Um, you, you go up another step to the, uh, the CM or the GC, they have now much greater site visibility um, as to the human resources that are on the job and and how long they've been there. From an insurance standpoint, and obviously different jobs are set up differently in terms of who holds the risk. Um, it, it may be an OSIP, it may be a CSIP, but someone in that in that chain is also going to hold a lot of the risk in terms of workers' comp and umbrella coverage. Mm-hmm. And having this this type of system in place helps to mitigate that risk as well. So you, you see the value there. Um, and then you go up even further to the insurance industry. The insurance industry um, really loves having this type of data. You, you can draw an analogy to the the safe driver discount. Um, that Progressive and other companies are using when you plug a little uh, dongle into into your car's computer that allows them to to monitor your speed and that that type of thing. Um, so that that's a long answer to to re- to really the the value proposition. The worker themselves, um, there can be some initial reaction of, "Hey, this feels like Big Brother. Mm-hmm. You guys are tracking me. I, I'm not comfortable with that." We, we recognized that from the very earliest stage of developing this and, and built the product in such a way as to minimize that concern. So first and foremost, there's no GPS in the system. And when you're off the site, it, it can't track you. Okay. And, and, and most people understand that and pretty quickly when you see the size of the device and you explain that there's a year of battery life. We, we all use GPS on our phone and know how quickly that drains the battery. Yes. So there's, you know, there's, there's, everyone gets it pretty quickly that there's no GPS in the system. So you're, you're only being, the device is only active when you're actually on the job site, you know, where you're being paid to, to, to do the work you're being paid to do. That, that's the first thing. Um, second thing, while we have very good accuracy in terms of height can, can tell you with a high degree of accuracy, what, what floor someone is on, mm-hmm. on the horizontal access, the accuracy is more more like 20 feet. Um, so I, I can tell what generally what room someone is in, but not not what chair they're sitting in or, or not whether they're they're in the, the porta potty that's in that room or the electrical closet that's in that room do, doing doing their work. So while, while it gives general visibility, it's not as if you have a supervisor standing over your shoulder at all times watching your your every move on a, on a minute level. And, and that's really important to, to get, to get the guys who are wearing these comfortable because n- no one wants that high degree of, of tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the, the, the third thing is we, um, we built the system with, with state of the art privacy, data security, um, systems and, and standards in place to, to make sure that, uh, that, that everyone's covered and everyone's comfortable on that, that angle. 
No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and, and likely working with Turner and the other GCs, um, you, you were able to get a lot of that feedback and, and clarify what's really required um, for them to yeah, see look, on I a mean, day-to-day basis, right, or, or what's even beneficial. So. Yeah, and, and, and th- this was never uh, intended to be a system, to uh, build a system to, to just give um, contractors the ability to, 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 to big brother watch, watch their employees. I mean, we, the company was started with the mission of keeping kids safe on the sports field. And, and, and we've expanded that mission to, to keeping workers safe on the job site. And that, that's really the guiding principle. There, there's some great benefits in terms of the productivity and the efficiency features that come out of this system. Um, and those, those shouldn't be diminished, but, but at core, we're building this to, to keep guys safe on, on the job and, and to make sure you got more going home healthy at the end of every shift, end of every weekend, end of every month, end of every year, and, and, and that there's continual improvement there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I um, really enjoy how you guys uh, took everything into account and, and definitely had the right approach of, you know, again, what we all focus on when – when we're working in construction, making sure everybody goes home healthy every night for for long term, <laughs> um, as you mentioned. So, um, how did you guys pick construction? I mean, you went from sports to to construction um, as it seems like your main your main target market. Here and, and yes, you mentioned healthcare, you mentioned oil and gas, you mentioned another, you know, other couple industries. But just curious as to the shift to construction and why that was chosen over maybe other um, markets. Well, you know, there's in in talking with insurance companies on uh, about premium discounts for for schools and 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 really starting to. To, to dive deep into the insurance world, um, we, we became aware of just just the level of of injury and the and, and the expense of workers' comp coverage in the construction world, mm-hmm. and 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 started looking more deeply into the technology that's been deployed to to combat the injury rates and the soaring workers' comp costs for for construction companies. And, and realize that there there was certainly room for improvement there, um, to, to to put it mildly, from a technological standpoint. And uh, there are more solutions that have been rolled out in, in warehouse and, and distribution center type contacts, more more fixed building um, controlled environments. Mm-hmm. We we liked the challenge of. The construction environment, the 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 open air, the constantly changing um, sites, we liked that challenge, and we thought it squared pretty closely with the challenges we found out on athletic fields and 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 teams going to different sites all the time to to play games and different fields, and and, and we we just thought that you know what we had built in sports could really could really work well in this more chaotic construction world. And clearly there was a need. Um, and then as we built out the product and we started to see these efficiency and productivity benefits that came out of it, 
we also became aware of, and I'm sure you've seen the graph like everybody, uh, about the decreasing productivity in, in, in construction over the last 40 years on a, on a man hour basis mm-hmm. and, and, and the efforts to, to improve that. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's always this, okay. So, so there's reduction in productivity, right? But there's also the increased awareness about safety, so, you know, there's always that question of, okay, well, you want to make sure that we're operating safely. You want to make sure that we're doing things well and, and um, with safety in mind. But that, that will definitely slow things down. Safety alone. <laughs> Just the focus on that. Right. Right? Um, right. Which, again, also has been increasing over the past 40 years, which is truly relevant. Um, so I, I think that with, with the... Technology, technology that's available um, in construction now, that's, it's certainly growing, right? We have BIM, you know, with Revit or, you know, so many other um, softwares that are out there that help you see in, in, um, see in a 3D manner, integrating schedule, integrating um, cost. You know, there, there are lots of other things that you can have as tangible technology that will help you do your work. Um, but there's also this relevancy of you, you just have to understand the process and you have to be strategic about your approach. Um, and if you have things that you can easily just kind of let you do your job, <laughs> um, yes, think about it, plan it out well, but if you just have things that kind of just let you do your job and you can kind of just track the data and check for improvements as you are going along. If it's a checkpoint every week, doing a plan, do, check, act, or something like that. Um, some, you know, that's, that's something we, we do often in, in lean construction. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense to have that type of tracking mechanism through the wearable tech to say, well, this is, this is what we learned. This is, this is the information we have on hand. We can learn from it and improve uh, moving forward week by week. Yeah, and you know, in, in terms of in, in terms of lean construction, um, you know, we we have a lot of customers that that are that are very active in, in employing those those principles, mm-hmm. and and you know, the the three of the really key principles in lean are continuous improvement, uh, work smarter, not not harder, and and empower your workforce, which is your greatest asset, um, and, and we think this system can really help with that because. You need to identify waste before you can, before you can attack it and, and remedy it. Absolutely. On an assembly line or in a manufacturing facility, that's much easier to do. You have a, a supply closet that's not organized. You you apply the five S principles. You get in there. You you clean it up. You you have one assembly line or two assembly lines. You can rejigger those or or realign those and and see if you have improvements on a construction site. It's such a different and ever-changing environment mm-hmm. that it's much harder to uncover these sources of waste if you don't have data. And so, you, what what this system does is it, it gives you that it gives you that data on 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 the workers and the flow of work and 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 the man hours. We've started integrations with Procore and Autodesk and and some other project management software vendors to allow this type of data to be automatically overlaid into those programs mm-hmm. that, that CMs and others use 
which also really helps drive benefit from from those systems because you don't have to have somebody at the end of the job or i'm sorry at the end of every day sitting in the trailer typing in this type of information right. it automatically goes in so do you have some um, api integrations that that go into those products like Procore, we instance. do, and okay. we do, and the, and the way the system was designed was to be very, um, to have a very open infrastructure, mm-hmm. and and to work well with all these systems. So we uh, we expect to roll out a uh, an integration with with Autodesk and Procore in early 2017. Um, had had great great early relationships with both those companies. I think we're we're both excited about the enhancements to e- to each other's products. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and excited to see how this can continue to, to, to help the customers with that mission of, of continuous improvement. Um, you know, one, one area, a pretty simple example is, is estimating. Um, if you have used this system on a number of sites and, and you now have a new project that you're bidding on that has similar characteristics, with a couple clicks of a button, you, you can go back and pull reports for exactly how many man hours were spent by the different trades and the different areas on the site. That gives you a much better idea when you're looking at the new bids and the, and the new estimates of, of, of are these are these right, are these wrong, how are our own estimators doing? It, it just allows for that continuous improvement because because you have the data. Absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely come up with more realistic numbers um, and and quite honestly come up with um you know that build that trust with your client a whole lot more because it's it's definitely something that's more accurate or or, or it's a it's a better estimate of what's realistic um this ac- and, and more accurate in the field so right and I, and I think that word you use trust is is a really important one across across the whole site um there needs to be trust uh, between the client and and the CM, and but there also needs to be a high degree of trust between the the CM and the GC and, and the subcontractors and and the actual workers, and and uh, I think part of what'll drive that is is transparency, and and part of what will drive that is again empowerment of of the workers themselves, and and giving workers a tool like this and giving them a voice in safety and giving them meaningful ability to communicate those concerns, it, we really think will will help to drive the, the safety culture that, that all of these all of these contractors and and, um, and GCs really really look to build. Um, and in doing so that that only makes the site more efficient over time it, it, it only it, it only improves outcomes for everybody and, and not only not only just the outcomes from a productivity and sta- safety standpoint but just the morale in general when you're when you're transparent on all levels um, it really does boost the morale and and again get everybody to trust each other on another level and they know that they can anticipate the people that they're working with they're going to execute the way that they say they are you know exactly exactly and 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 i think if if you can really start to drive that and 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 really build that type of culture on these on these sites you're not only going to see the the safety numbers improve and and you know, by extension, the the insurance costs go down, but you you'll see that that productivity metric start to 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 track back up. Mm-hmm. 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 No, this is uh this is very cool. Um, 
really, really enjoying the, the topic of how, um, you know, just, just tracking data in, in general um, really can help improve, uh, you know, any, any, any project team. Um, and, and I think that's just where the industry is going. You know, we're definitely, like I said before, adapting to utilizing more technology. And, and it really is about data documentation. Uh, you know, we're getting to like the, <laughs> the idea of Internet of Things, right? It's, it's data. It's how can we use it to improve everything that, that we know about, right? <laughs> as long as it's usable data, right? As long as it's not like, you know, and, and that's where wearable tech can really help us. We know it's usable because we know it's tracking the right things. It's not somebody entering something in on a computer. That's right. And, and, and it, it, it's got to, but it's got to improve, again, to go back to the, kind of the core principle on, on wearable tech. People are only going to use it if it if it has a good outcome for them and it's easy to use. So if, if as we start to employ this type of technology on construction sites, it, it needs to improve outcomes for everybody involved and particularly for the person that's that's attaching it to their body. Um, and so that again that's that's one of our driving focuses and then something we've brought over from from the sports world is got to improve the outcome first and foremost to the, to the person wearing it and and if you do that the benefits flow up naturally and 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 are, are much more powerful well just kind of wrapping up first of all thank you so much for for having this uh this discussion with me it's great to learn about triax technologies and spotter and, and where you guys are, are going with tracking the safety, the productivity, the efficiency on the job site, um, and 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 uh, even some of the partnerships that you're having with you know project management um, software companies. I think that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, we're we're really excited to to continue to work with with, with those partners and 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 to uh, to really see where this technology can go. So um, I always ask this question, and, and, and quite honestly, with the product, it's, it's really interesting. Normally, we talk about, you know, say, conditions of satisfaction or, you know, a, a process that can maybe even be implemented into uh, the, way, the way you either plan construction or, you know, how do you utilize, um, you know, a specific approach versus a a tangible product, but I guess it, is there something that you would recommend to either um, any anyone who's listening to, to this podcast in the audience will either be working in construction, potentially a, um, a property owner who may be thinking about, well, how can I improve um, my projects um, or GCs, you know, what have you, what would you recommend to to them to, to learn about in order to um, improve improve the process, improve um, executing a construction project? Well, well, I think I think there's great potential for technology in this space, but but as with as with anything, you need to be careful. Um, in terms of what products you would, you adopt and and how you use them, um, p particularly if you again are going to go down the wearables uh, path and you're going to ask people to to clip something onto them, you, you need to make sure that it's been been designed in, in the right way. You need to make sure that the the data and privacy privacy um, 
aspects of the product are, are rock solid. And, uh, and you need to make sure that the company that's, that's building it and providing it is, has a solid history is, is going to be around and is, is going to support, going to support the, uh, the product in the right way. Um, and, and, and I think that's, there's a lot when you look at technology, um, it, there's a lot of, uh, I guess to use the term, smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. out there. Um, a lot of people can produce a, a really pretty video. They can they can code a nice website. Um, when, when you're starting to look at these products, ask ask for references. Ask, ask others who have used it. Ask to actually demo the product, touch and feel it, make sure it works. Um, and, and do your diligence be, before you, you commit to something like this, because anytime you bring a new product onto a site, there's, there's going to be change. There's, there's going to be some resistance from some folks, some excitement from other folks. And, and you just want to make sure that if you're going to do it, you do it once and, and you, you get the right solution first. Oh yeah, that's great advice. Thank you for that. Um, well, just to to give people a sense of how to get in touch with with you or um, learn more about Triax Tech and, and SpotR, um, do you have uh, contact information or um, how someone can get in touch with you? Yeah, our our, our website is is triaxtech.com. It's T R I A X T E C dot com and uh and and you'll see full information about the product on there and then there's um an area at the the bottom of the first page to to input your information if if you'd like someone to to get back to you and uh, to learn more about the product awesome thank you so much pete thank you it's it's been a pleasure and uh and hope to speak again soon I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did with Pete. He was a pleasure to interview. I'm definitely going to be following Triax because they're following the trends of the industry, just as I am. And I'll give you, the constructor audience, a sense of new technologies to help us drive safety and productivity. Find the show notes at constructor.com and don't forget to 